the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast, explaining the news coming out of the complex worlds of finance, economics, and politics, and the impact it will have on everyday Americans. Author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, and trader, Chris Markowski. Okay, we got another Super Tuesday has come and gone. Um, I'm going to do my darndest to, to make sense out of this uh, for everybody. If you, if you didn't recognize that the, the show, uh, The Fix, was on well ahead of time, that a lot of this was, was pre-planned, uh, I, I, hope you, I hope you can recognize that. It, it's, um, it's like certain reality shows on television. You know a lot of the drama is pre-planned and set up. They call them reality shows, but they're, they're truly not reality. And they, they um, you know, purposely pit people against one another. You know, it would be boring if nobody was arguing and fighting, right? Um, the, drama, the drama that they're trying to pull together with the DNC has been, you know, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Joe Biden as the comeback kid. Oh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to hear it, man. You're going to hear it everywhere. You're going to have all the pundits come on, talk about his greatest political comeback in history. He was dead and buried, dead and buried after Iowa and New Hampshire. Let me ask you a question. Did they, uh, they talk about uh, John McCain in the same way? No. No, this was um, put together. Ahead of time. Now, listen, I don't know where the delegates are all going to fall. I guess more coming in from California. For all you know, Bernie Sanders might come out a little, little bit ahead after Super Tuesday. Um, the time doing the podcast just got word that Mike Bloomberg, Mike Bloomberg, has decided to uh, call it quits, throwing in a towel, and he is throwing his support behind. Biden, and I'm sure Biden's going to love that money. He's going to love that Bloomberg money if Bloomberg decides to back him. Um, and I, I, I've, never seen, I've never seen so many advertisements for one candidate in my entire life. Every other commercial here in New York, almost every other commercial on air was a Mike Bloomberg advertisement, radio, TV. They got a lot of you know television stations and radio stations are going to be none too happy right now that he's out of the race. And they're going to be hoping that, uh, that money's going to continue to flow to Biden. But anyway, yeah, we told you that one. It wasn't a chance. It wasn't a chance that Bloomberg was going to win nationally. Not even close. I think another... Another interesting tidbit from uh, from last night was uh, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren gets her ass kicked in her home state. She's a sitting Massachusetts senator, and she comes in third in Massachusetts, and she still hasn't come out of the race. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Well, they don't want her out of the race. Elizabeth Warren is pulling votes away from Bernie Sanders. I am, I, I'm pretty darn sure 
that somebody made a phone call to Elizabeth Warren and said, uh, you know, you gotta, you're going to have to beat this guy up. You're going to have to, you're going to have to go a few more rounds. You have to go a few more rounds there, Elizabeth. Go a few more rounds for us. Take some more votes away from Bernie. And uh, we'll, we'll give you this. Some are saying that uh, they were going to give her the, uh, put her on the ticket for vice president. I, I don't even see how in the world you go about doing that. I mean, Joe Biden is no conservative by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, those two are, are quite different, don't you think? I got to give her something. Got to give her something. I don't know what that may be. But um, I'm curious to see, I, again, you know, whether or not the, uh, the Bernie Sanders whack jobs out there, and his supporters are crazy. I mean, the, the definition of, hey, you know, let's blow up the United States. We've got this you know, greatest country the world has ever seen, greatest wealth, uh, greatest wealth creation the world has ever seen. We're just going to take the whole thing down. So, yeah, 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 they're, they're crazy. They're, there's nothing rational about anything that they're saying. But anyway, um, I'm curious to see where they're going to come out in all this. They got to come out. I don't think they're going to vote for Donald Trump, but you think they're going to vote for Joe Biden? You think they're going to vote for Joe Biden? It's funny. I didn't even recognize this. Limbaugh pointed this out. It's kind of funny. Um, this was as prior to Super Tuesday. Prior to Super Tuesday, it's after Buttigieg. Buttigieg dropped out of the race. He's, you know, out of all the, the candidates, well, at least the viable candidates moving forward, uh, Donald Trump is the youngest one out of them all. You know, Tulsi Gabbard, I know she's still in, but come on. Uh, what does she got? Three delegates, four delegates? And I like Tulsi. But anyway, there, there's, your, there's your Super Tuesday uh, rundown. Um, brokered convention, yeah. Yeah, um, you're going to be able to sell this to the, the far, far left, far, far left, far, far left crowd there that uh, have become a large swath of the donkey party. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, what I can tell you is, is that certain certain companies out there, a bit of a relief rally on Wall Street certainly in some of the healthcare stocks, to name a few, health insurance companies. Oh, you mean to tell you, you're not going to put us out of business? Okay, so they rallied earlier on. I don't know where they're at now. They were up about 10% a little while ago. Um, did have, to be honest, did I breathe a sigh of relief? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you talk about having weight on your shoulder. Some, some bricks came off my shoulder. With yesterday, being honest, being honest. Actually, I was listening. It was uh, Ted Cruz was being interviewed, interviewed this morning on CNBC about the Super Super Tuesday results, and they they asked him the question about, uh, well, is it better for you? Will you you know ha- rather see Bernie Sanders get the nomination because uh, that might make it an easier you know, road for Donald Trump to win re-election. And he had the exact same answer that I did. I'm, you know, paraphrase, he basically said the same thing. I don't want it. I don't even want a contest 
between the two. I, I don't want Bernie Sanders anywhere near the White House, anywhere near the, the nominating process. Who knows what could happen? No, 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 no. You know, but I, I gave my swimming with sharks analogy here a week or two ago. But anyway, yeah, we'll continue to follow it. Yes, we will. Um, talk a little bit about um, market action yesterday. Um, I, I really, I really hope people are being smart. I know my clients are. I don't know if all of my listeners are. And uh, you might you might want to give us a call if you have questions or you're worried about what's taking place. Um, we always talk about here on the program about not being a greater fool. Don't be a greater fool. Don't be a sucker. I mean by that, um, who stands to benefit? Who stands to benefit? I was going to look at this and motivations. Who stands to benefit if your um, well diversified portfolio? of high quality companies. Um, you decide you decide you can't take this volatility here over the short term and you try to sell out. Who benefits? Somebody's buying your stock. I, I talked about this back when uh, we had the, the correction back around Christmas time in 2018. I said, you do know what these big banks and these big firms are doing, right? You do realize that they love to shake loose, loose, uh, what weak, shake loose weak holders of stocks so they can buy companies up on the cheap because they can. Someone's buying. For every seller out there, there's what? There's a buyer. And when there's panic out there and a lot of sellers are rushing to the door, rushing for the exits. Well, there, there's smart people that are able to take advantage of the panic. We, we like to consider ourselves one of those people that take advantage of panics. Many times we're called, you know, oh, he's a vulture investor. No, 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 we're not vulture investors. We're smart investors. What's wrong with buying low and selling high? There's nothing, nothing like a, a great scare there where Wall Street, the powers be, get people nervous to uh, get them to do things that are not in their best interest. Why do you think they love? Why do you think they love discount houses? Why do you think they like, they don't, you think that Wall Street minds, the big firms mind Robin Hood? By the way, Robin Hood was down again yesterday. Their service didn't work. Do you, think, do you think that Wall Street is upset about Betterment? Do you? Let me, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, once upon a time in a, uh, well, a land not far, far away from where I live today, in the kingdom of New York. <laughs> uh, well, and it wasn't that long ago either. It was in the 1990s. Um. You started to see, I mean, Charles Schwab was the first one, the discount houses, but there were, there were others, weren't there? 
There was others beside Charles Schwab that started to come out of the woodwork. There was DLJ Direct. How many people remember DLJ Direct? Donaldson, Lufkin, and and Genrat. Donaldson went on to be the head of the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission for a period of time, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, DLJ, they were like a boutique outfit that did a lot of investment banking deals. All those small little boutique firms went away. They started their own uh, discount house as well. And then you had the Ameritrades. Remember Stuart from Ameritrade? The guy with the spiky hair that uh, uh, was telling his boss he wanted to take the market and shake it upside down. Remember, he was, he, was, he was running off photocopies of his party and his buttocks at the office. Funny commercials back then. Of course, E-Trade. And there were others as well. Scott Trade. There's a whole bunch out there. Whole bunch out there, and they they claim that um, if you work with them with their discount trades, um, you were going to get rich quick. Right? You could get rich quick. You could do it all by yourself, and many people did. And guess what? Guess what happens? Guess what happens when everything is going up in a crazy bull market? Where remember when the Nasdaq went? Where it was set, topped out seventy four, seventy five hundred? Can't even remember. You could throw a dart and do well. And all of a sudden, everybody was a guru. They had everybody hooked. Everybody hooked, like crack cocaine. Everybody hooked to online trading. And um, it's funny. I'm laughing at this entire episode because, again, I see the forest for the trees. And the the conventional wisdom at the time was, boy, this is going to be really bad for the big brokerage firms and the Merrill Lynch's and the Smith. How are they going to survive with all this going on? (laughs) Um, Survive? They're going to survive. They're going to thrive. Why would uh, why would the big brokerage firms themselves help finance? These discount houses. What do you, you think? They're suicidal. They some sort of death wish. They're going to finance companies that are going to lead to their own demise. No, 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 no. Come on, people, wake up. They wanted dummies out there. They wanted greater fools. Put it in political terms, Lenin terms, useful idiots. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend anybody. A lot of useful idiots. How, who are they useful to in this case? They were useful to the big brokerage firms. Amateurs. Amateurs were these traders at the big firms could pick their pockets. Which they did. There were countless trading firms on Wall Street where you could go in, it was like a casino, you could go in and you could be a trader and you'd put your money in and the firm would give you leverage on your position and you had to give the firm a certain amount of money, but you also had to pay the firm back. But he ever hear the phrase broke, busted and disgusted? They were all over the place. Because everybody was a wizard. Everybody was smart. Oh, I, I, I read the journal. Oh, you do, do you? Congratulations. Congratulations. Let me break. All, all, it, all it took was a, a disconnect and markets coming out. Who, who, who benefited from all this, huh? 
what, you think the big brokerage firms were hurt when all was said and done? Oh, they, they paid some fines to uh, Elliot Spitzer and the SEC. They, they, they kicked ass, my friends. They did. They solidified their position. They bought up a lot of the weak companies at that point in time. A lot of the smaller companies went by the wayside. They took them over, and they consolidated power. And the average investor got screwed. Well, they screwed themselves. Again, why? Well, again, people uh, try to defy the laws of the universe. What is one of um, the laws of the universe here at the Watchdog on Wall Street show? Markowski Investments. Everything in life that has meaning, value, and worth involves work, time, and effort. That's all. There are no shortcuts. If, if you, if you, again, I don't mind it, but if you're, if you're looking for some sort of shortcut, if you think that we can provide you with some sort of shortcut here, um, we can't. We can't. And I'm, I'm here to tell you um, market sell-offs are going to happen. And we may suspect when one is due or one's coming around the corner. We may suspect that, but we don't know. And I don't operate on things that, quite frankly, I don't know. I don't make those types of guesses. So in order to avoid that, we understand that our clients have a long-term time frame, and the companies that they own are fundamentally sound, solid companies, and are able to withstand the in inevitable issue or downturn, which will happen. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Got the question yesterday. Got a meeting in the city and you know, talking about clients, we're having a conversation about clients calling in and you know your clients getting upset about what's taking place on Wall Street. No. No, it's, you know, and I also got that question yesterday. It was uh, the new business network, that Cheddar Business from the New York Stock Exchange. The lady was asking about our clients. She said, yeah, my, my clients that have been around for deca- decades, even less than that, much less than that, they know what's up. Our average investor, oh, I'm concerned about my nest egg. I'm concerned about my 401k. Why? Unless you need your money tomorrow. Next week, next month, next year, you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You know, it's interesting what I've I've read a lot about since I've been out of college. How many people had to take when they were in college? Psych. Remember Psych 101? Some Some people majored in it. I remember there was guys in my fraternity house when I was a freshman coming in there, there were seniors. Like, you know, you do is you, you, pick the, you pick the easiest major you can here. These are guys who wanted to go to law school. They want to go to law school, and they had to have, you know, the higher grades, the better. Three. Pick the easiest major and get great grades in it, and then you, you'll be fine. And I was like, I have no desire to be taking all these psych classes. But I did, as an elective, take Psych 101. Um, I remember a little bit from it, but we've written about and, talked a lot about behavioral uh, economists over the years, but it's more than that. 
it's not even about psych, psychology. It's understanding, understanding human nature. And I, I actually talking about it yesterday. I said, I learned more about how to deal with clients and people under duress and dealing with people that might be disturbed or stressed out or whatever it may be for my, uh, my years waiting tables and bartending more than I did in any class that I took when I was in college. Also, you know, to mention the fact I've been doing this for a very, very long time. People, you know, and I got that question yesterday. You know what? I'll say it here on the air. You know, you know how people want to know how old I am. I'm the oldest of the Markowski brothers. We've been doing this for decades. And uh, I'm, I'm the oldest at 48. I'm going to be 49 this year. And we're, we're babies in this industry, quite frankly, but not experience-wise. You know, you take a look at the things that, that we have, uh, we've worked through, we've seen over the years here. And again, you get, you know, you talk about Robin Hood. I talked about Robin Hood going down and Betterment, some of these other companies. Do you think that those kids... I think the millennials there that have never, they don't understand, they haven't seen a financial crisis or they were kids when it happened, they don't understand it, or dot-com collapse. You think they're able to trade this? What do you think is going to happen to their accounts? Huh? Who's going to be on the winning side of those trades? Who do you think? Who do you think is, who do you think is going to be on the winning side of those trades? Do you think it's going to be the the clients of Robin Hood and Betterment and some of these other outfits out there? Or, or do you think it's going to be the big investment houses? Huh? What do you think? Well, you don't think that, um, you don't think the big investment houses can, uh, uh, can analyze and understand, understand leverage that might be outstanding and whether or not people are able to meet margin calls and how people are going to have to sell out of their stocks and be able to drop the bid like crazy. And then you can, you can lean on stocks because there's no uptick rule and push the prices down even further, cause more panic selling. And, and guess what? Guess what you got, Right. I told the I told that story. You you get the Valentino. I bought my Valentino jacket. You get the you get the two thousand dollar Valentino jacket for a couple hundred bucks. Nothing illegal about it. Nothing at all. Our our, our entire modus operandi here at, at this program over the years has been about trying to get people not to be one of those fools. Not to be a greater fool. To do the right thing by yourself and your future. To understand that there are no shortcuts. It's, it's really that simple. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, again, I'm not looking at the markets right now. The time to us. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. You think I like the, You think that it's healthy, these major point swings... And again, you have to put them into perspective to some degree. You take a look at the percentage point moves. We see massive numbers there, and the media likes to prop those numbers up as well. It's not, these are not normal, healthy moves. 200 points, 300 points in a matter of a minute, one direction in the opposite direction. 
No. Now, are, are there most certainly things that we need to worry about? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the media can conjure up a scare. They still have the power. When they get on the same page, if they really want to scare people, they can scare people. They can move markets if they really choose to do so. People might be thinking I'm being somewhat flippant when it regards to the coronavirus and our coverage here on the program. No, no, no. Did I go out and buy more Purell? No. I know, I'm sure my wife has some in her pocketbook because she's a bit of a hypochondriac, and I'm not at all. I was in the city yesterday. I've got to, I've got to go back into the city this afternoon. And do I see some people wearing masks? Sure. Sure. That's great. That's something I will not do. Not going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I don't... I don't participate. I don't participate in, in nonsense. I don't ever have. We didn't participate. We didn't participate in the financial crisis. We didn't. We didn't. It's those t-shirts that everybody wears, keep calm and uh, keep moving on. Or how does the shirts go? I don't know. Popular nowadays. Keep moving for keep calm, keep moving forward. We, 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 that's always been our, our philosophy. I'm going to worry about this by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not. I, I, don't, I don't succumb to the crap that they're pushing because they, they lie again and again and again. Yeah, there's, there's a bad virus out there. Okay. There's a bad flu virus that's going around. There's been bad flu viruses in the past. Yeah, I just so happen not to be someone that is at risk based upon my, my health and my condition. Now, if I was somebody that had respiratory problems, somebody that had, you know, was a heavy smoker, uh, bronchi- yeah, I might be a little bit more careful, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little. I don't even know if I would then, based upon the, uh, the virus here in the country and how it's been contained. And you can choose not to participate, and you can choose to take advantage of situations. We always have. Always. That is something we have always done. Stay calm. When is it ever good to get nervous or panic? When? Name a time. Never. Never. You remain calm in a situation. You're able to evaluate the situation on the ground. You're able to make decisions based upon that. Operating out of panic, operating out of fear, that doesn't work out too well when all's said and done. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the, the Fed. And the Fed movement yesterday, oh no, the, the Fed lowered 50 basis points and it didn't do a damn thing for the market. Oh, stop. Come on, people. Everybody knew that the Fed was going to lower by 50 basis points, okay? It was already cooked in. It was already baked into the cake. That was, uh, that was a big, uh, big buy the rumor, sell the news. Monday, Tuesday. And honestly, what the hell is it going to actually do? 
Okay, let, let, let's 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 be honest here. Now we got the uh, the the ten year Treasury traded below one percent. Um, it's not even be, it won't even be worthwhile for me. I was thinking about it. it, it the mortgage rate, the thirty year mortgage rate, would have to get down about two point five. For it to be, you know, dealing with the state of New York with all the other ridiculous taxes and fees and document searches and all the other crap that they love to whack you with. Again, useless government officials having to do crap. Um, Not until, you know, it it gets down to 2.5 is it going to be worth it for me to really refinance my house. People saying, oh, okay, it's going to be great for companies out there. They might be able to refinance, lower their borrowing costs a little bit little bit, but how low do you think banks are going to really go? Let's be honest. How low are banks really going to go? Now, to me, I I look at this, this lower rate thing completely different. If I was, if I was Steve Mnuchin right now, and what what was it? 30 year 1.6. I would be on a mass selling spree of 30 year bonds. I'd be selling as many of them as I possibly could looking to refinance America's debt 30 years down the road. Again, if somebody is willing to lend you money, somebody is willing to lend me money for 30 years at 1.6%, I would be borrowing so much money. I, I Listen, I wouldn't know what to do with it. 1.6%, 10 years at below 1%. How much money would you borrow? That's great. I mean, honestly, it's great for, for government. It's fantastic. I, I haven't heard one person out there, not one. I haven't heard one pundit out there talk about how this is going to negatively affect responsible people. That's right. How many how many pundits out there did you talk about? You know, they talk about lower rates. How is it? How is this beneficial to responsible people? Do, do you think this makes? Do you think these super low interest rates make my life easier as a financial planner, where it becomes more and more and more and more difficult to find any sort of yield and ultra safe returns? Do you think, you think this is great for senior citizens and people been save, and savers, people been saving their entire lives? think it's good for them? No, it's not. Hey, people fail to realize that the type of uh, flips and jumps and hoops and things that um, we've had to do over the years to help out our clients and their portfolios. This this changes. You, you got again. We talk about senior citizens living longer and healthier lives. Yet, super safe assets out there. Traditionally, super safe assets out there are yielding nothing. Nothing makes my job a hell of a lot more difficult. A lot more complex. Oh, rates are low. Look at how low mortgage rates are. Give me a freaking break. 
It's again, this is part of the grand conspiracy to keep people poor and stupid, where they encapsulate uh, real estate, the entire United States into one real estate market. That, that's the most ridiculous thing in the entire world. It's so stupid, I, I can't even comprehend. If you don't think that certain real estate markets are different than others, whether or not you're on the water, whether or not you're near a major city, jobs, school districts, and yet we will roll the whole thing into one. Oh, ours are going to pick up home sales. Yeah, but guess what? Those homes are going to be sold for more because interest rates have come down. What do you think would happen? What do you think people are no longer going to need homes? Well, people didn't need homes when real estate, uh, when mortgage rates were at uh, 18%. Of course they did. Price of the home comes down, though, doesn't it? It's a function of affordability. That's all it is. It's a bill every single month. What can you afford every single month? And what makes up that mortgage payment? Interest, principal, taxes, insurance. Those, those are the variables, right? Yeah, look at those four variables in what your house costs are. We'll, we'll, we'll leave out heat and electricity and all of the crap. Let's look at those four variables in a mortgage payment. Now, if your interest comes down because mortgage rates go down, if you don't recognize that people selling the home, as you need to buy a new home, understand this, the cost of money comes down. Guess what? They're going to charge more for the house. There's just an inverse relationship. Again, this is stuff that more often than not, um, your real estate agents are not going to tell you. And yes, there are certain markets out there where it doesn't matter. I'm not, I, hey, listen, there are certain markets out there that will hold their value even if interest rates go up and people are going to have to bite the bullet or you know, spend more money out of pocket for the home. I, I get that. But for the most part around the country, it's just how it works. Again, we do the best we can here on the podcast we have over the years in, in regards to dispelling, again, conventional wisdom, common knowledge, which is just crap. We're going to be covering a, a lot on this, again, be going over this extensively uh, this weekend. Uh, on the radio show as well, just to let you know. And we're going to continue to be on top of all this. And I, I, I want to encourage people, especially our new listeners out there. Um, we're growing like gang. This podcast is growing like gangbusters. Uh, again, I, I'm shocked by it. I really am. It, word is getting out, and it's growing like gangbusters. Not as fast as Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is kicking everybody's ass right now, but it's Ted Cruz. Um, we're getting a lot of questions. So feel free. Okay, feel free to contact us with anything. Sign up for it. We will get in contact. We're here to help you. That's what we do. Watchdog on Wall Street. One more thing. Well, I don't have a lot of money. I can't call Mark House. I can't call the Mark House. I don't have that money. I only got 50 grand in the market. No, don't piss me off. Okay. Don't piss me off. I don't care how much. We're here to help you. 
Sorry, I'm not one of those asshole advisors out there with my nose in the air that says, oh, you don't have enough assets. You're not good enough to work with us. I hate those mother blankers, okay? I can't stand those snobby, arrogant, jerky advisors. You know, they're, they're all a bunch of kitty cats. All I like doing is kissing ass all the damn time, which obviously, you know, we don't do. We will help everyone out. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners. Take advantage of everything that we have. Have a wonderful day. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.